They're probably getting ads for sugar stuff because it's kind of cartoon. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, I want to start. I'm ready. Adventure Guys. Adventure Guys. Now it's time for Adventure Guys. All right. Hey, welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I am Nick the Human. And welcome. We are recording this episode. I'm going to let you in, listeners, on a little bit of a different schedule than we normally would. Usually, this is a Friday treat, as we've told you in the past couple episodes. The week's been hard, but then me and Eric get together. It's nice to have a Friday night plan when you're just stuck inside at home. So we talk about, like, our favorite show. Adventure Time, but this week we're doing it a little bit earlier on Wednesday. And you know what's funny? I just called it our favorite show. If you've been with us this whole time, you'd know that I hadn't seen the whole show. Thus, should I be calling it my favorite show? (laughs) But Eric, it's Wednesday. Wednesdays are tougher for me. Wednesdays and Thursdays are some of the toughest days of the week. And uh, I put in Adventure Time tonight at 8.30 or 8 o'clock, and I just felt better. I was just so happy to be watching Adventure Time. And I was like, if that's not the marker of a favorite show, then I don't know what it is. You can you could really intellectualize what your favorite show is. You could you could try to figure it out with thought and reason and logic, but at the end of the day, if you put on a show and it just makes your day turn around, I got a I got a new favorite show. Yeah, I mean the days of the week don't mean much to me. Oh shit. <laughs> I don't even I don't even really see daylight in general anymore so yeah you're 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 i'm on i'm on a monday friday um but we changed it up um because frequent guest sean harvey who happens to be my brother if you hadn't (laughs) picked up (laughs) and i are going on a trip out into the desert we're gonna go we are gonna drive seven hours into far west texas we've got a cabin which is in the literal middle of nowhere and we're going to post up and be creative and hike and write music and um, drive and do all the stuff you do in the desert. Um, outrun the coronavirus. Out- hasn't made it that far out there yet. Yeah, I mean, the, the really scary part, I mean, it's not scary because luckily Sean and I got coronavirus, as longtime listeners will know. And um, yeah, luckily I got coronavirus. That was what I just said. That was my sentence. Um, and that's how I feel about it. I'm really glad that I got it. But we have antibodies. I think they're they're most likely still active, so that's cool. Um, but um, but anyway, that that just protects us from getting it while we're out there. Because if you were to get out there, there's like one ho- like what we're saying. The closest hospital is something like two hour drive away, and it's like a a hospital that has like one ventilator in it, like. Two people work at the hospital. It's one of those things. I, Eric, I just sent you in the chat here the Airbnb that we're staying at. Um, so you can take a look at it. It's in, right outside of Big Ben National Park, like almost inside of Big Ben. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's really the desert. <laughs> Dude, it is the desert. Eight foot by 12 foot little cabin that we're living in uh, for the day. Um the the address like the street address that you get you see it at the bottom there, um, 
so that's just the address on the road. You get there and then there's like a um a gate and a dirt road that then you drive like a mile on the dirt road off the highway. And you go out here and then we're there. Um and it's crazy. Um last time we went out there, I kind of freaked out on the first night. Sean was like, dude, you gotta be ready because it is so quiet and silent in the absence like of everything. Like you've never experienced anything like this, like no light pollution. And and we were in like a little neighborhood last time and it freaked me out. Like this time we are going to be like on a 10 acre plot with nobody near us. Like it is going to be intense. But I think good. I think probably hopefully cleansing. Um, I was working hard today uh, to try to get ahead on work so I can just like, well, turn off my phone. I'm not going to really have much of any sort of uh, um, Wi-Fi. So that'll be good. Damn. I, uh, you can get some pretty crazy places on Airbnb, I guess. I've never actually, uh, no, that's, that's not true. I have, yeah, I've, I have used an Airbnb in Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well like here, I mean the cool thing about West Texas, it is kind of trendy to go out there, especially like Marfa is like a, is a trendy spot where uh, like, sure. Yeah. You're, you're like rich LA people will fly down and have a wedding or something there. Um, but there's a reason that people do this because it is genuinely cool. Um, and out there, you it's still, it's like, it's the last bastion of just like deserted America where there it's just completely like uncharted land where people have plots and like the government is like, people are not out there. The taxes are the lowest because like the population density is so low. So like you basically get, you take care of your land. You don't get a whole lot from the government in terms of like your utilities and you just live off the land and like you can sean and i were looking on you can still buy land out there for like absurdly cheap like five acre plots for like eight thousand dollars or something like in yeah insane texas texas is um it gets really rural really quickly like you leave the cities and it's you know it's a very uh intense change the um the Dallas Fort Worth metro area, mm-hmm. like Denton is like the the northernmost part of that. And you go one town north of Denton and it's like things are immediately like there's nothing. Everything is so spread out. I'm thinking of actually the the initial plan was to record the next Holophonics album at an Airbnb, mm-hmm. hopefully like somewhere just north of the DFW, you know, Golden Triangle. You get out of that area and you can find a house that's super cheap that's just very far apart from any other house. And I just drive down with all my equipment and we'd just record there for like a week. Oh, that'd be a blast. I know when that's gonna happen. Maybe but- I'll maybe I'll drive up and we can do an adventure guys or something. Yeah, that'd be rad. I uh man, I was supposed to be in Texas like a million times by now, but we are so far away from vaccinations. And dude, my dad is like 70 million years old and obviously eligible for a vaccine. And they told him that like, Hey, just go make an appointment. And he goes to make an appointment and they're like, Hey, we're booked up through April. So we're not going to schedule any more appointments after that. (laughs) Sorry. They, uh, I guess they said oh, half of America might be vaccinated by the summer and then three quarters maybe by the fall. 
Like, I'm at the very bottom of the list. Me too. I'll be in the so, last quarter for sure. So I don't know when we're gonna when I'm gonna get back down to Texas when the Holofonics are gonna have a chance to do anything again. It's yeah. kind of a bummer. The timetable keeps getting pushed far, farther and farther back. I mean, I know some bands are able to like everyone self quarantines for a couple of weeks, you know, and then they go into the studio and yeah. they do it safely. But in order for me to get there, I have to travel across the country. So that it just, it would never be possible. <laughs> well, in the meantime, you, the record's firmly announced now. You alluded to it on past your last covers album. It's firm. Oh, yeah. Banjo Skazui. Great. <laughs> well, it exists, and that's at least something to uh, keep things warm while this uh, all this time persists. Um, our our final cover album. It is, I mean, it's, it's pre-order is open. It's not released yet, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's been finished since September. You talked about it on here, uh, about a huge project. This is the huge project you had talked about, right? Yeah. Every step we get closer to the release is just, I'm just more and more relieved that it's finished. Yeah. I will say covers anymore. What's up is track one main title song. It's pretty impressive. You nail it. It's recorded well. You play well on it. Like, good job. Thanks. <laughs> and I can't wait for the new originals. Go listen to Sunk Cost, everybody. Yeah. Or Phantom Arrival. I think really underrated. I, man, we were supposed to have a new full-length album, like, on the way right now. It's <laughs> it's pretty much written, right? Yeah. I, uh... We're almost, I'm almost done demoing it. Um, I just got a vocal track from Harold that he sent me. So I'm finishing up just a couple more things and the album will be like almost a hundred percent written and demoed in a week or two. We just need to get in the room and rehearse and record it. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear more. I love your band as you know, and, uh, you make very inventive, fun music. Thanks. <laughs> Which those two words are not usually going together. So I think that that says something. Um, um, I um I made some new beats this week. I've been work. I I made a um I've been working on. I think I might try to do some like D- continuous DJ mixes. I think that might be fun to do. Um, you know where you do like an hour mix and it's like through songs and I'll weave in maybe some. Yeah, uh, some stuff, maybe some original music, or maybe just some speaking. I don't know. That could be fun. You have uh, like DJ software for that? I don't. I was thinking about just making it in Logic. Yeah, you know, have you ever used Logic Main Stage? No. I used it a long time ago. There was maybe a year, like a decade ago, when I was doing occasional solo electronic performances. <laughs> <laughs> It was a very different time. Um, and the workflow for main stage is pretty nice if you're used to logic and you don't want to learn all the ins and outs of Ableton. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, I'm What I want to make is I've been working on this with my friend Nate and I'm not, I guess, I guess this is a good place to talk about it since we've got a nice little tight knit community of people listening is I want to make the ultimate barbecue playlist. And put it out next summer around Fourth of July, and make it into like a continuous mix. Um, so if you're out there and you have your favorite barbecue songs, like 
hit me, hit us on the email at didyouseethemail.gmail.com or favorite summer movies or especially 4th of July movies. Um, I want barbecue rock. I want hamburger rock. <laughs> I want hot dog on the grill. Your dad uh, flips it to you. Music. I want fresh cut grass music. Um, I a lot of it is 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 uh, going more towards like the sun baked funk side of things. There's some New Orleans. There's like some southern. Oh, that's where you're going. Sort of funk stuff. There will be just more like rock and in, in there. But uh, I mean, I my mind immediately just went to Steely Dan and the Eagles. Oh, uh, well, Steely Dan's definitely going to be on there. <laughs> you believe me believe you me that if it's my if it's my barbecue playlist that steely dan and grateful dead will be will be in there but there i'm trying to go deeper and i want to i want to make something that you could put on a party so i'm really interested to hear what people think you think of barbecue you think of eagles and and steely dan that's pretty good yeah i mean it, to me it would just be a subgenre of dad rock <laughs> yeah <laughs> I um I've the, what I've got going so far is is a little bit is a little different but uh we'll see. Hit me with your suggestions. If you think of any Eric that you think would be good, hit me. Um okay. But speaking of dads, how about Finn's dad, Martin? <laughs> how about that guy? I want to I want to talk about it. Yeah. Episode discussion. Fuck last I last episode, Eric, you said this one's gut wrenching. And boy was it. Really, really sucks. Um Yeah. Finn is at one of his lowest points in the series. Yeah. This episode. Yeah, this is a hallmark. This is kind of a major episode in Adventure Time history, I would say. Right, like, uh, yeah. Finn's background is sort of is a mystery as we come out. We don't know who his parents are. We don't know where he came from, and this we're really getting some answers on this, and it is not answers that you would ever hope to find or expect. Yeah, it's sort of the culmination of the Lich storyline, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't real. It's weird because this is at the beginning of season six. It sort of dovetails into Finn's backstory through line. Yeah. And now this is interesting because this is episode two of season six. This really could be a, a season finale. Like this, like that this wasn't a season finale is pretty interesting to me, right? Because you're wrapping up the Lich storyline, all intense purposes. You got closure on this. And you're also setting stuff up differently. I guess it's not, maybe it's not enough of a cliffhanger to leave the season off with, but. Yeah, I think this was the resolution to a cliffhanger from yeah. the season five finale. Yeah. I, I guess, don't remember all the particulars. I guess this is how but... shows work. They don't want to give you all, they don't want to wrap it up nicely. So you go away after season five and go, ah, that's nice. Now I don't have to worry about Adventure Time for a while. <laughs> yeah. No, they want to keep you. Well, also, I don't, I'm not sure. The way that these Cartoon Network shows air is so strange because the season five finale, it says here, aired on March 17th, 2014. And then the season six premiere was April 21st, 
2014. So just a month later. Yeah. They just took a couple of weeks off. The um, well, it's, this is more. This, this is when we're in the throes of a million of a ton of episodes for a season, right? Yeah. Well, they take weird breaks in the middle of a season. Even sometimes at what might seem like a logical stopping point, but then when they pick up, it's still just a continuation of that season. And then the season ends, and they just immediately go on with the next season. It's weird. Craig of the Creek did that. Yeah. Um, have you? Uh, I, I. You haven't caught up on Craig of the Creek. No, no. I, I, I'm. I'm deep. I've watched the pilot, and then honestly, I was. Remember, for a while, it wasn't streaming. Right. Well, and so I couldn't watch it, and then now I've just been in Steven Universe, which the way they break up those seasons is really weird to me too. Yeah. Yeah. That. That. It is a little bit strange. It seems like HBO Max puts new seasons on seven, six or seven months after the season finale airs. Um, so I was hoping we were going to get Craig of the Creek season two in December, but we got it January 1st. Yeah. Um, but season three is already like halfway through. Uh, and I don't want to wait for season three to finish at some irregular airing schedule and then another seven months on top of that so i think i'm going to start buying the season three episodes on itunes because that's like the only way to watch it i guess i can't wait to watch it i'm really excited i i really like i rewatched the pilot the other day with sean and he he wasn't paying attention but i was just like i i'm really liking how they're setting up the show (laughs) this is it's hilarious and the music is wonderful the music is really really good like jeff rosenstock went above and beyond. You could tell how much he gives a shit about writing the music for that show. <laughs> I love that. I love when people give a shit. It's really great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I and you feel it in Adventure Time. Everyone gives a shit on Adventure Time. You they definitely made the best the best thing they could. Um yes, yeah, so, I mean like so talking about this episode, it's the Lich. I immediately haven't seen the whole Lich arc yet, like in the whole thing. But um, it's cool. You can come in. I came in and I got what was happening and they had captured him. They were bringing him to the Citadel to go be put in jail. Right. Um, and he gets put there and <laughs> this is, this is a great bit of foreshadowing cause he's there and they go, like, Oh, I guess this is what the jail is. And Finn says something great, which is like foreshadowing where he says, Jake, you know, some people make the world a worse place to be just being around and he's like he's like the bad apples put them at the bottom of the ocean leave them there i say and then very next thing is that jake goes hey who's that weird kid down there he looks just like you <laughs> his clothes and then you realize it's his dad so it's like a, a clever bit of i think foreshadowing because as we come to know that finn's dad is one of those people that maybe finn was describing that they make things worse just by being around yeah martin mertens what a jerk it's such a anticlimactic reveal too because they've been building up who's going to be you know this character finn's dad and yeah all the backstory will be revealed and then he's just like oh hey kid uh i'm gonna peace out <laughs> oh i mean it's way more even more heart-wrenching than that because what could have been framed in Finn's head as that piece out or he left him there or you don't know the motivations. In this episode, they make it painfully clear that it was no accident that he abandoned 
Finn, but this was an active abandoning right. of his child and responsibilities. And how do we know that? Because in this episode, he hardcore abandons Finn multiple times. And let me tell you about it. So he gets unfrozen out of his jail, right? Um, they're asking what's happening. The, all the other uh, criminals are getting unfrozen and are starting to battle the guardians. And he's like, look, this one guardian, once the last guardian dies, then this whole place goes down and we got to get out of here. At the same time, the last guardian shoots and a piece of his like right leg is vaporized and all that's left is the bone. So he says, hey, you got to go get this goop and you got to like heal me. And he gets his name. He calls him Flynn. He's like, hey, dad needs this. And Finn is like... <laughs> The whole time is like, hey, I just want to talk to you about this. Like when Jake goes, hey, Finn's your son. What's his reaction? But oh, good for you. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Now, Finn comes back with this like healing magic goop that's on this island and it's going to heal Martin, his dad's leg. And he goes to him and he just he wants to talk to him. And Martin's like, hey, you got to give it to me. He goes, he asks him and he goes like, why? Why'd you leave me when I was a kid in the forest and all this stuff? And he kind of like can't get the right answer. He doesn't know. It's honestly clear that he probably hasn't really even thought about it since he did it. And it doesn't even like haunt him. He goes, who knows? And then to skirt away from the responsibility, what does he say? He goes, I don't know. Who's the same man? Would even happen? I mean, maybe, maybe it was you who left me. <laughs> the most audacious thing you could say. And I just love that they're mad. And especially Jake is just visibly disgusted by this guy. He like wouldn't even acknowledge him as his son. The first time he said it, they go, he, ah, I'm just so mad, riled up talking about it. And um, so anyway, then he heals the leg. And at this point, the lich is coming for them. Now, I'm talking two seconds after he healed the leg. They go, they go, well, now we can fight the lich as a family. And they turn around and Finn's dad has already abandoned him and is swimming in the ocean to get away with the other criminals. And his dad says, when they look around, what does he say? He says, um, I'm just, I'm just, I just have to go to the store. I'll be back. Oh yeah. <laughs> like the trope of the dad just leaving the family. Oh fuck, man. And then yeah, they like, come back this character. Yeah. And then, and then I want to talk about the next thing that happens is, so he's getting away. The lich comes and like puts them all to sleep with, with his magic and is like, you're all alone now. And he goes on this long soliloquy about like how he's come for for Finn. And he's like, you know, I, I am beyond strength. I am the end. And yeah, it's kind of a classic lich Ron Perlman monologue. Yeah. I see it memed a lot. People are really big fans of the lich on the internet. They think he's a cool villain. Nice. Well, I, I, I want to know more about that from you because I haven't seen all the Lich. I, I'm curious about what he symbolizes because in this show, uh-oh, we're going to Nick Deep Dive territory. I did get a little bit of symbolizing from, <coughs> from the Lich in that at that moment that Finn's dad, who's been ignoring him, now has just shown his true character in the face of evil and that is he is a coward and he's a deserter, and he does not care for his loved one. In that same moment now, the Lich comes, almost to sort of symbolize the darkness that would be overtaking an abandoned child such as this and is getting close 
to death and into these parts. And he's saying, you know, I'm beyond strength. I'm the end, sort of like the darkness overtaking him. And what I thought was really cool was Finn, without even trying in his sleep, sort of has some of that goop that heals and hits the lich and gets the darkness away. And he turns the darkness grows and grows until it's a not scary baby. Now, that symbolizes a, a few things to me. Um, I think it, it symbolizes that no matter the darknesses in our lives, like there, I don't know if this is true or not, but there might be a way that if you come at it with the certainness of yourself, like maybe you could demystify whatever is being harmful to you. I'm saying that I'm, I'm realizing I'm probably wading into territory I don't know about. Like, cause if someone has some completely terrible trauma for me to say they could turn it into a cuddly baby is wrong, but there's something about like Finn's being a kid and just with the naivety and the, his spirit and that he travels the world with coming faced here and just gets it away with ease. Like there's something there that I like and he's not letting this darkness consume him just by being his positive self. Does this any of this track with you? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so yeah, I got, the, I don't know. The thing, my take on the Lich is that it is maybe the biggest red herring of this show in that he's kind of a one dimensional villain. He represents basically pure evil. Like he's an ancient cosmic force that is just there to be evil. So there's not a whole lot of room for development in that character arc. Mm -hmm. I I see a lot of lich fandom on, on the internet being like, Oh, they ended his storyline too soon. And they should have brought him back for the finale because gold wasn't a cool series finale you know ultimate villain they didn't build up the gold story enough um but i don't think the show adventure time is about good versus evil it's about like the characters and their relationships to each other so yeah i mean there's good versus evil type conflicts that happen but where you would seem like that's an important thing in a children's show it's not that important or impactful as some of the smaller moments uh, between the characters throughout the 10 seasons. Like, the Lich's storyline comes in and out. He's not really the ultimate antagonist to Finn's protagonist, because yeah. we know that Finn isn't really even the protagonist Well, in, in the sense that this show has one at all. Here's, here's what I would say. You're obviously far more scholared on this show and have watched it more, and I'm still learning about it. But... With the amount that I've seen, I would say that I hear what you are saying in that the central conflict of the show is not good and versus evil. It's about the characters. But I would definitely say that good versus evil type conflicts are in the show a lot and they are central to it. It is not like the driving force of the show or it doesn't feel like the ethos of the show is to talk about that conflict. But I do think that it's like very present in the show. Yeah, I think good versus evil in Adventure Time is more of just a set piece rather than a plot device. Mm -hmm. 
sometimes it might it might skew into plot plot device, but like in the overall arc of the show, like if you were to boil this show down to its essence, it would not be you know that show really was about good versus evil, like my beloved Twin Peaks. You might you could really do that with <laughs> if you really want to get into it. You it like that's that's well and trauma and how we deal with our trauma is like huge in that show and there's a lot there but but you can kind of start breaking it down into these bigger themes the whole twin peaks universe i don't i mean well, you know i haven't seen enough adventure time to say you can do that and i'm sure people do but it would definitely be more character driven and there's a lot more sort of going on i think there's a lot of stuff you know in this i was also struck by in this episode to this point in that um a really nice moment after so Finn's dad gets away. Finn is trying to keep him there, and the dad is like, "Hey, can you?" Like he's coming up to talk to him on the ship as they're gonna go away. He's like, "Hey, can you speed this thing up? Like that guy's moving fast." And like <laughs> multiple times, just trying to get the fuck out of there so he doesn't have to talk to his like son that he abandoned. And um, eventually does get away. Finn's arm breaks off his magic, you know, like green arm, and then they he falls down. And then Jake gets him out of the ocean, and he's sitting there. I just feel like he's there with Jake, his adopted brother, and then the worm comes out and is crying himself and then like curls up on his lap, sort of like maybe like a, a cat or a dog would. And Finn gives a smile and it was, I don't know, it was pretty heartwarming because it really touched me in the way that like things can go really bad in really monumental ways and like the power of friendship or chosen family can be very strong and it made me just like happy to see that work. I thought that was a nice moment. Yeah. And that's sort of what I guess the episode is really about at, you know, which is to say that the lit storyline isn't even so much culminated as it is sort of discarded yeah. in yeah. an almost ironic way mm-hmm. where it's, you know, <laughs> this super villain is now just an adorable baby. Yeah. Uh, and and there's a much heavier emotional theme regarding you know what happened with Finn's dad. That's the actual focus here, right? And and that's very Adventure Time in your way. And what and so that's a baby, and because this magic goop makes all your like things grow back. So th- there is some sort of symbolism there, right? Where it's like the hair bringer of death. The like the inverse of that is the most cuddly, cute baby you've ever seen. Like, uh, yeah. like the alive version of death. Um, and what's really great too, so Starchy has busted through in this like dimensional portal and they, they go back to Candy Kingdom. And as they're doing that, who do we see? But my favorite character on this show, that's right. Tree Trunks. I was just about to divorce Mr. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, I mean, like when you get, when, when Tree Trunks starts doing this stuff, you go like, Tree Trunks isn't like as cuddly grandmother as you thought like she, she <laughs> you know what i mean like oh that's a different side of tree trunks mr pig i think we need to get a d and then the baby's there and they come out and the baby's there and she puts her like arm on mr pig and goes well this changes everything ah <laughs> uh, it's just like oh now we're back in the world we're we're here with funny characters yeah, it and uh, from what I remember, the next several episodes are pretty low stakes in terms of 
conflict. And a lot of it is about just Finn, like the emotional toll these events have taken on Finn. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you watched the episode The Tower? I don't think so. It's two episodes after this. It's one of my favorite episodes. I think it's one of the, maybe one of the top 20 episodes of Adventure Time, according to like fan rankings and stuff. It's, oh, wow. It's uh, it's it's definitely a well-known episode, and it's it's so heavy. <laughs> oh, I would love to watch it. Um, soon, I'm going on this trip. I've got to tell you, I'm really tired right now from like this crazy ass work day. I got to go work after this, and I got to pack for the trip um, and take off the trash. But um, I would love to just call out tomorrow and just watch Adventure Time. Oh, <laughs> Maybe order some poke. Oh, you can't get that in the desert. No, I I had poke for dinner though. I just wanted again. That's sweet, sweet poke, poke. Um, Eric, did you see the snail? No, I didn't see the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No, I didn't see the snail. Okay. I, you know, it, it, it didn't even cross my mind. I was, uh, getting all my audio files ready for this podcast. And I opened up the snail theme song to have it here. And I was like, oh my gosh, it didn't even cross my mind to look for this snail. It didn't even register like, oh, I just watched an episode and I forgot to look for it. Like I, I, it didn't even occur to me until I looked at the snail theme song dot wave. Ah, you're like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Um, yeah. S- similarly, and I was I was having just, yeah, you're wrapped up in it. I was having lots of thoughts, doing my old-fashioned Nick shit and taking too many notes um, to f- remember to look for it. Damn it. But uh, we'll get back at it. We'll get back at it. Miss Lady Mania? This You have anything you'd like to uh, begin this section with today, Eric? Not really. <laughs> I have an observation which I I just really enjoyed. Is I I mean I think it's everyone enjoys this, but the uh, the title cards are always just a delight, you know. And I it, it really this one got me because I was like, why? Like immediately I, I saw the title card, Escape from Citadel, and the title card is Starchy on a Train. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it got me the same way. I was like, "What? How is this tie-in? <laughs> How's what is this?" Um, and I obviously I love Starchy. Um, my favorite episode, Eric, as you know, involves a nice plot line between Starchy and Tree Trunks, which is you know just the two characters you always wanted to come together finally coming together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, um, so I, I, I don't know. I, th- I thought that was pretty uh, funny, and then he it comes back in. But I remember just seeing, I was like, "How in the shit is this gonna happen?" Um, yeah, the uh, the guy who makes portals, that was a nice little way for them to 
go home after it was all over. Oh yeah. It was like, oh, at least that at least that happened. Now they can just kind of go home easily. I forget who those those criminals are. I think they're important in some way. Yeah, I mean, that was a thing. I'm, you're watching that, and you're just like, shit, they're letting all these criminals that were bad enough out that they were, like, frozen in stone. The ancients is what they're referred to as. Yeah, it's like, this cannot be good. I don't remember their whole deal. Yeah. I also, I forgot that uh, Prismo wasn't in this episode. Yeah. I I've, I remembered everything that happened in this episode, but I thought it would start with Prismo sending them off. And hey, it, guys, like, it's me, Prismo. I love <laughs> Yeah. I, I guess the Prismo episode was the one right before it episode one of season six and then they don't even bother like having him say goodbye this episode starts right in it yeah which is cool which i love um uh yeah i thought that i saw perismo at some point and i was like no that's just another guy with a big neck or whatever um kamel nanjiani is great we haven't watched a single prismo episode yet we haven't well, he's great because he just speaks like Kumail. He doesn't, like, change his voice at all, <laughs> yeah. which some celebrities do in the show. I've been talking all the time about uh, Toronto um, because Sean's been watching hockey with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I always think of Andy Daly going, oh, this is my associate, Toronto, and which is just funny to me. But then Toronto is just Paul Shear's voice, just, like, completely Paul Shear without him even doing, like, uh <laughs> Yeah. trying to do anything with his voice it's great <laughs> yeah i th- these cartoons are, are i remember there was a um something of a controversy a little bit of backlash i think it was maybe in like the late 90s or something like that where the trend really got pretty uh pretty common for voice actors to be denied work in lieu of just like famous celebrities and people that were really talented voice actors, people that could do like 10 different characters and you wouldn't have any idea it was the same person would miss out on a job opportunity just because it was like a more famous name that had appeared on screen live action. Right. And this show is nice because you get a lot of room for cameos from celebrities, but the core cast is still like super talented actual voice actors. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well said. They didn't sacrifice anything. Um for that. Um you know, speaking of uh you've been talking about your love of uh of animation. Sean and I I watched my first two ever Miyazaki movies, Studio Ghibli. We watched Spirited oh. Spirited Away and then Totoro the day after and i uh i enjoyed them a lot especially spirited away i was like this is cool this is great this is better than i thought it was going to be because it was just so hyped up to me and it turned out to be a little stranger than i expected which delighted me yeah you know i never really got into that world um spirited away in particular i you know it deserves a rewatch i'll i, I admit i should go back and and try it again but i was sort of put off by the narrative structure of that movie of spirited away 
Yeah, I feel like it should have been a like a mini series rather than a movie. It could have been. I I enjoyed that part of it. Like I was like, oh, that was cool. So much shit happened. That was fun. And like it it flows and it so it feels really when you finish it was really substantial. We went on a substantive journey that had peaks and valley multiple peaks and valleys and time to reflect in between them and uh i don't know i kind of like an an epic nature but i hear what you're saying that's that's a that's a valid thought because i i i saw that and was like oh that was different i liked that but i could understand being like yeah i mean it was epic in the literal sense yeah the literary sense like it was episodic which i that always kind of I don't know. I bump into that a little bit when I, you know, with movies, Mm -hmm. like if it's going to take an episodic structure, I would prefer to watch it in actual episodes. Like, you know, the movie Kroll. I've never watched that. It's like the prototype for bad episodic fantasy structure. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen that movie with Danny McBride? Uh, Your Highness. Oh. It's a direct parody of Kroll. Yeah, I must have seen that. It's some I totally forgot that movie existed. Um, yeah, I mean, episodic movie. I mean, look, it's. I think I've brought it up. It's been, it's been uh, leveraged at me that uh, I don't like plot. <laughs> I think we talked about it in an early episode. Um, I like movies that could be episodic or or epic in in nature. Um, but I thought Spirit Away was really cool. Had lots of symbolism in it. Had lots of to be drawn on from old Japanese folklore. Like tr- I love talking about lore, and this was some like true deep cultural lore, which was really fun. And uh, it was I just thought it was strange. The movie was stranger than I thought it would be for being, you know, touted as like potentially the greatest animated movie of all time. And I was like, uh, when someone when people t- say the greatest animated movie of all time. You think in your head like one thing, and then I, and then when it was stranger than I thought it would be, I was that made me happy. Cause I, yeah, it's definitely offbeat. Because I love strangers, uh, and in that regard, it seems way ahead of its time. Yeah, uh, it's it's much more similar to Adventure Time than it is to like traditional anime. Yeah, or Disney, or Pixar. Yeah. Like, even though that they like exist in the same realm. Um, I mean, I guess people could claim I haven't seen all the Pixar movies, especially the last few, which reportedly have gotten. They just keep one-upping themselves in terms of quality of movie, but uh, I need to watch them. Uh, but this one I thought was really cool, and I like watching movies, especially Japanese movies, which my brother and I have been watching, and Ozu and Kurosawa, now Miyazaki, and there's more that we'll see. Is um just like the subverting of the what would nor like what what I'm what we're used to seeing as like American film viewers, um, is just really satisfying and awesome and delightful to me. Um, you know, in these movies, like all of them aren't afraid of like quiet in the movies or having like letting they talk about letting film people talk about letting the movie breathe in that there are points in the movie where you then like bring the action or whatever's happening down to very low. 
Um, so that it's it's not like you know it's not like it's not like scene 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 scene. Where are we going? Where are we going? What does this mean? What does this mean? Like by having longer scenes, having actual dead time in the movie, um, is really I really enjoy that. And Ozu in particular will then subvert things. Um, my brother brought this up. Somebody online said it, but like maybe it was Bill Hader. Somebody was talking about Good Morning, which has become one of my favorite movies of all time. This is a movie set in the fifties. Kids want to color TV. Parents don't want to get it for him. There's a lot of um, generational divide happening. But one of the central conflicts in the movie is that these kids want this TV. And there is no scene in the movie in which they get the TV. What would be That would be the climax, right? In this movie, they want the TV. They want TV. There's all this like back and forth. Then eventually they get home. The TV's in the box. And they see it, they go, and they're, then they walk past it. And the next day they're watching the TV. So like they don't actually show them getting the TV. The... The, the what would traditionally be the climax is thus implied in the movie and and it really just goes to show that like oh it's not really about getting the tv it's about like the whole journey around getting the tv that's important and stuff and i don't know i just love that shit i love being thrown a little bit yeah <laughs> Does that sound does that sound fun to you or does that sound like annoying? I, I don't know. Well, you know, I didn't I've never gravitated towards those movies in the past, but it's been a while since I tried it, so yeah. Maybe I'll try it again. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I it's been it's been very difficult recently to hold my attention. Yeah. So if it's not an 11 minute episode, it's got to be really action packed <laughs> or else I'm going to get distracted. <laughs> my Yeah. No, uh, you... my my head has been all over the place. Like sitting still for an hour and a half to watch one thing takes a lot of energy for me. Yeah. I go I get in those uh those those spurts when that happens to me. I get it. Nice. Oh. The movie I just watched recently was Tenet. Oh, yeah? I've never seen that. It was the movie that came out in theaters in August trying to save the film industry. Yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing about Which, that. it didn't work. <laughs> but the movie was amazing. Okay, cool. Um, but it was extremely, uh, like, demanding. Like, you ha- you, you, you have to watch it like intensely was it long you have to be it's yeah it's kind of long it's like two and a half hours uh but it's it doesn't let up there is no room to breathe even even the scenes without action it's like are so like intense like the dialogue and the acting is very um it's demanding of the audience is the way i would put it Mm. okay well I like Christopher Nolan. I'm down to watch it at some point. So I will. A lot of people didn't like it as far as Christopher Nolan movies. I think it's just as high up there as any of his other work. Yeah. He's he's one of my favorite time travel storytellers. Is there there's more time travel in this one? Yes. Hey, let's do it. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Um, do you want to pick an episode for next week? Sure. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? It's the 
Oh, we did this one. Holy shit, this happened again. <laughs> uh, yeah, for some reason, I don't have it checked off, but we did All Your Fault, right? Yep. That was season five, episode nine. Yeah, Lemon Grab episode. Um, Then I think that um, we should probably think about a new series. We actually did get an email about this. Can we get that, that email song? Mail. Mail. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. I should actually have said that this is actually real mail. As much I love you, Wilson. Thank you for last week. Uh, I think that was when you uh, sent an email just for the theme song. But now we get to play a theme song in honor of real mail. Um, so this one pertains to this issue we're having right now from Montezuma, right? I guess I don't. I don't know their name. I see the email, yeah, but there's no signature. Yeah, so don't don't know you, uh, Montezuma or um, Amazet um, might be your name. You have I'd love to hear from you, but um, we I think it was last it was two weeks ago. We asked, we were like, "How is this happening? We need a new generator. We need someone who's going to do it." And this person came in and said, "We I want to help you." Um, and offered up to even more features to such a program and solution than more than we even probably expected, right, Eric? Like, I, I'm very interested. We might basically the moral stories. We might have a lead on this, and it might get us even <laughs> further than we are we ever imagined we could get due to the help of our fan community. Yeah, uh, I mean. I- <laughs> What episode is this right now? 23. Three. And does this happen twice? Yeah. Where we've, yeah. Well, well it's funny because I remember Sean was like, that's going to happen immediately. And I was like, I don't think so. I think Eric and I figured out that wouldn't happen for a long time. And here we are. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. We got another email too. Now, do you play the theme again for another email or do I just, or that that's more for the se- segment? Sure, let's play it again. Ah. Mail. Mail. All right. And <laughs> we got an email from Eric Saxton. Uh, I know him. He plays in a band called Runaway Ricochet. They're from Minnesota. Hey. They're good. Hell yeah. And uh, really nice email. Um, and thanks for that, buddy. New friend to me. Nick, um, and yeah, I mean, you know, uh, some of the feedback that I have gotten, Eric was alluding or said this directly in his, and some of my friends have seen this, is that they love the Adventure Time talk, but they also love when we don't talk about Adventure Time. <laughs> um, now, I, if you feel that way, especially if you listened to episode 22, in which we went gloriously off track and were even... We're just on fire last week. You still feel that way. I would love to hear from you at did you see the mail at gmail.com. Um if if that's what you like. If also I would love to hear if there's any hardcore Venture Time fans that have made their way here. Send us an email, no matter when you're hearing this. Be it on today, January thirteenth, two thousand and twenty one, or four years in the future. <laughs> like hit us <laughs> up on an email. I would love to hear like what kind of people we got in here um, right yeah these podcasts will last as long as the internet i suppose yeah 
You know, I was actually thinking about that this week. Like, I guess we kind of share some personal information about ourselves on this podcast. You think like the CIA or FBI is listening and <laughs> you know, just um, compiling evidence to use against us in the future? That's interesting. I've thought about how much personal information I'm sharing and uh, <laughs> hadn't thought about it with those consequences. Have we said anything that's, well, I mean, I guess maybe I've played it a little closer to the chest than you have at times. Let's, uh, I don't know. Let's throw out some buzzwords. Oh no. I mean, I did just say CIA and FBI. Ah! How about KGB? <laughs> well, I mean, Although, hey, here's the thing though. Like the CIA and the FBI, like, we just had people try to overthrow our government, and a lot of those people are not in jail yet. So, are are they really going to be like? Are they really going to come for us? I do enjoy the idea of an FBI agent trying to build a case against us for whatever reason, and having to sift through two hundred and eighty-three hours of Adventure Time podcast. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> Someone that must happen in cases sometimes. I'm sorry, hey, FBI, CIA guy who's got this in your earbuds, maybe you're going for a jog or doing laundry at home. Um, I'm sorry that I just taunted you about the whole capital thing. I, I know that's probably wasn't your doing and you're just trying hard at your job, but um, just don't arrest me. <laughs> I'll taunt other people. We, we, You know, I don't even need to taunt anybody else about that. I feel like we, we went for, far enough into the... Uh, the the uh, political arena in the last one. I'm trailing off now. We can just <laughs> we can just end this episode. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, Eric Saxton says. Oh yeah. That he enjoys the banter involving music and Jeff Rotenstock. We talk about Jeff all the time. <laughs> I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a Jeff theme song. You said every time there's a Jeffrance. Jeffrance. <laughs> Play that Jeffrey's theme music. Jeffrey's. Hey. <laughs> um, no, it is funny. Like when you love somebody, um, they do come up. I've had that with Sean with even like, I have another guy I love, Bill Callahan. Um, and like, it's almost becomes a meme sometimes when I bring up Bill Callahan. I'm like, oh, it's like that Bill Callahan lyric. Or like we went to Waterloo Records and I was like, hey, Sean, look, it's Bill Callahan. Um, but I was actually thinking about Jeff the other day in, in a similar context because I reorganized all of my records. Um, I organized them by decade, and I was just looking at all the goddamn Jeff Rosenstock vinyl I have. I have all the bomb records, and I have all his solo records, LPs, and I have all of the um, Antarctica except for one, which at this point it's like, I guess I just need to man up and buy that. I don't have the live Jeff record on vinyl, which maybe that's a mistake. I don't know. At this point, it's like, it's like, do I need them all on vinyl? But when you get this far deep in, you're like, I might as well keep buying. But I was literally just like, well, I guess I keep talking about this guy because he's put out a record, like looking at them in my hands. I'm like, every year for 15 years that I like to listen to, I'm like, I guess that keeps you uh, <laughs> in my mind, you know? Um, yeah. No Dream album of the year 2020. Yeah. It was really good. Every time he comes out, I'm like, oh, it's cool. It's more Jeff Rosenstock music. And then I live with it for a couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, no. And I now, like, all the differences start to illuminate. And I'm like, 
oh wow, there's so much new territory that he's covered. It's great, great lyrics. I don't know. There's more Jeff talk to happen. <laughs> um. So thank you, Eric. Though I mean, I read that email to Sean, and I was like, I read it, and Sean went, "Dude, what else, what more do you want than someone to send an email like that?" And I was like, "Exactly." I'm like, "That is the that is the dream." Like this guy gets it, like on the level we're we're operating at. So thank you, Eric. Thank you, Montezuma. Thank you, everyone who sent us an email or listening consistently. Um, really appreciate you. Um, yeah, you know, there, it seems like we've welcomed we're welcoming like couple new people in at a time and it's really exciting um and it's good to hear from you i I, i'm excited to 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 get more guests on this year and make more songs and get to know more people like if we get enough people in the door like one day maybe we could start a facebook group or discord or something i don't know uh sure i don't know how any of that works but (laughs) well we're still a ways off we're still building this thing and uh Maybe one day. I'm just talking out loud <laughs> at this point. Um, thinking out loud. I would I would love to do a live episode. Yeah. I, I don't think we have enough listeners all in one place where it would work. <laughs> I know. There are we could see the listeners, especially for Spotify, um, like by where they live and there's like people are spread out. Um but I don't know. I'm glad you said that. We're we're just manifesting things into the world right now. Um, so let's keep it going. Uh, I don't know. I'm thankful for everybody that listens to this podcast. Makes me happy. Um, anything else before we sign off? Oh, um, rate us on Apple Podcasts, please. <clears throat> That's what I would say. Yeah. Um. So we never solved the problem that we had. Uh, so we're going to just run the episode generator again. <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> what are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? Let's go! It's the episode generator. Uh, okay. <laughs> Dude, this episode, this, this random number generator sucks. <laughs> I mean, I guess this is technically possible, but I didn't expected to do that it went from 113 to 115 um and that's fine we've got a little cluster of episodes from season five that are all very close together that we've done season five episode 11 bad little boy Mm. i think that's a fiona and cake episode i think is it we haven't done one of those yet right not yet well, that is exciting to me. Yep, it's a Fiona and Cake episode. Bad Little Boy. Season 5, episode 11. It's a Rebecca Sugar episode. We like those. Oh, yeah, we do. Cool. All right. Uh, rate us, subscribe us, email us. <laughs> All of it. Bye, people. Peace out, y'all.